All right, we are back. Uh, this is Pastor Jung, Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. And I know it's been a while uh, since Lent uh, as we have uh, uh, put Bible study on, on hold. Uh, but now we're back as we continue on uh, with the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I hope that um, all is well uh, with you as, uh, as the Lord has given you his peace. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And what a great victory that is. And today we got a great study for you. I, I can't wait. It's probably literally one of my favorite texts uh, throughout the whole Bible. And I hopefully, and I hopefully, I, I hope it's the same for you as well. Uh, but why don't we begin here uh, this day uh, with a word of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, O oh Lord, we thank you uh, for the resurrect, resurrected life that you have given to us uh, through the sending of your Son's death and resurrection. Lord, bless us this day in the victory of everlasting life, forgiveness, and salvation. Lead us, O oh Lord, in your grace, knowing full well that by this free gift we are saved. Bless and preserve us, keep us, sanctify us always in your eternal truth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So today, as we continue on with uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, if you ever missed any of the other Bible studies, please go on the YouTube channel and there it will be grouped for you. Go into the Ephesians study and there you will find it. Uh, if you need sermons, it's all up there as well. Our weekly devotions are also <laughs> up there as well. It's just a, a buffet. You know, if you like a buffet, especially a theological buffet, you came to the right place. Anyways, um, and it's good... Uh, it's good stuff. So uh, please uh, check that out. Um, and um, if you ever want more info, you can always go to our website, www.faithmorepark.com. M-O-O-R-P-A-R-K.com. All right, let's kick in. Let's do this. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. Now, what's going on here? Again, we, we know the, the, the tension, uh, the tension of of uh, the Jew and Gentile, St. Paul is really uh, putting everyone back into the same boat. Because we're all on the same team, and that is humanity. Right? We're all born in the same flesh ever since the fall. And we're all in need of the same Savior. All right, so Ephesians chapter 2. We ended last time on verse 7, so we're going to kick in here uh, to verse 8. It reads together, For by grace you have been saved. Yes, that's right, get out your Bibles if you have it. Or you can listen. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. All right. By grace. Now, what does grace mean? What does, what does grace mean? When we say by the grace of God, what is the grace of God? And simply put, it is the unmerited, undeserved, gift. Gift, grace, gift, grace. Very same words. 
In a sense of, it points us to this unmerited, undeserved. That means it's not about you or me, but rather it is given. It's a gift given by our Lord in His grace. Gift, 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 gift. Now, why is that uh, so important? Because it shows us to whom uh, we credit for who we are as children of God, right? For by grace you have been saved by this gift, this gift, right? You are saved. And when we talk about being saved, this salvation, Acts 4.12, right? There's no other name under heaven given a man by which we are saved, but the name is Christ into which we are saved. It's by his name, Jesus, Matthew 1.21, that you will save, uh, that Jesus will save people from their sins. Now, this is a gift by grace you have been saved, by grace The Lord sends you the Savior, the Redeemer, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, unmerited, undeserved, because it needs to be this way. Why? Because we're not not in a business handshake with the Lord saying, you do that, I do this, then I'm saved. Right? It says right there, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Right? So again, the actor and the doer of salvation is given and actually done by our Lord. Being a Christian is all about the grace of God. Being Christian is all about his mercy as he sends his son as a free gift to die for sinners, to die for the unrighteous, to die for you and me. Right? Now, why is that important? Because it takes the work out of ourselves, out of our human hands. Now, again, what did we talk about earlier? Uh, What is the tension here? The Jews and the Gentiles. Or as they would call it, the haves and the have-nots. We're part of the chosen. You're not the chosen. We are on the in. You are on the out. You uh, uh, You are the pagans and we are the holy ones. Right? And all this was about, whether you're Jew or Gentile, in both ways, it was always about work. It's always about work with human hands, right? That is uh, the human, uh, uh, that's the human makeup of how we proceed, is that we work, and in this tension, it's the Jews saying, we've done this, Gentiles on the opposite, well, we're pagan, we're outsiders, well, I guess we haven't done enough. Or we see kind of this tension of, uh, of how this dividing line of work has been their greatest cause of dissension. And when we talk about by grace, this is implied that the work is taken out. Now, why is the work taken out? Why does our faith, right? It says, by grace, you have been saved through faith. 
Faith is a gift, and that very faith is given by the Word of God, which is the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, John chapter 1. But in uh, uh, this uh, grace, uh, what was I going to say? Yes, the work was given and delivered by our Lord in His death, His crucifixion, and also His resurrection. And by faith, we receive this very word, this gift of salvation. Again, it should bring up Apostles' Creed, Article 3, the work of sanctification, the work of the Holy Spirit, not by our own human reason or strength, but we are called to the gospel. We're called to the gospel by the very word of God, the powerful word of God. Remember the word, the sacraments. This is all by the power of God's word through his grace. All right, um, and this is not your own doing. So the tension of uh, this text is uh, simply put that it was, well, they always thought it was about work. Now, if it's about us, then we go on that proverbial spiritual ladder, ascending or bean counting on the scale up and down. Uh, we, we what, what, what else do we do? We, um, uh, uh, we think that we can achieve salvation uh, by our own works, and therefore, grace is taken out of the picture. Therefore, the merits and being deserving and earning comes into the picture. There, the gift is no longer a gift because a gift is given, and when we are earning our salvation, it's not about gift language anymore. It's not about grace language anymore. It's about your work. Now, it all goes back to why we need this gift. Why do we need God's grace? Why isn't there another way? And it's all because of our sin. See, for the Jews and Gentiles, they, they were always in the same boat. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is righteous, not even one. Right? For the wages of sin is death, Genesis 3, ever since the fall. Through one man's disobedience, right? And here sin came into the world. So when we talk about gift and grace, at the same time, it's the understanding that we are sinners. And the understanding that in our sin, we are dead in our sin. And that we are unable to rescue, unable. Right? We don't have a shovel, right? We, we don't have a... a, 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 a a rope to save us or, or a ladder to get us out of this situation. No, we're dead in our sin. And for dead in our sin, works do not work. Sorry about the redundancy there, but works do not work. Right? If we see work in this way, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it about what true work is. But if we see work in this way as we're ascending on this ladder... Then at the end of the day, we are forgetting not only what our sin condition really has brought to the table ever since our first parents sinned in the garden, but also the, 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 uh, the no longer uh, the need of the cross, right? If we think we can climb this ladder of salvation, uh, we very well know that uh, uh, we're telling ourselves that we do not need Jesus, right? 
And of course, because we know the depravity of our sin, and you know, the world will say what? Well, I, I've been a good person all my life. You know, I'm a Christian and I've done what I'm supposed to do. I'm pretty sure that I'm a child of God all by my good conduct. And again, in that very word, as I hear it from people, grace and gift has no play. The credit all goes to me. And when the onus is on us, you know we got a problem, right? We, 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 we know uh, uh, the, the sin that is before us. And our conscience, that mirror of the law, second use, of course, shows us our sin. Right? So what we, what we uh, yeah, from the law comes the, the knowledge of sin, as St. Paul would say in the book of Romans, doesn't he? So when we, when we speak of grace... For by grace you have been saved, because there's no other way. All credit is given to our Lord who died on the cross for our sins, who was sent by the Father to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Um, yeah, not by your own work, but this is a gift of God. Right? All right. Um. Yes, understanding our spiritual nature, Ephesians 1, you were dead in your trespasses, chapter 2, verse 1. Also, uh, uh, verse 2 of uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians, following the course of this world, verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath. I mean, we see it right there. Uh, St. Paul is really painting the stark, honest picture of, of what we were all born into. Because if we get that wrong then a lot of times we'll get the gospel wrong. You know, even if we even add a little work in there, in a sense of, I did this. I've been a good person. I know that merits something for my salvation. We just have put away the cross. We've put away Jesus. No need, our flesh says. The devil loves that, right? He knows what Jesus brings to the table. And then Jesus crushes the head of Satan by his work upon the cross. Anyways, so uh, understanding where we come from shows us clearly the mirror of the law. Boom, points us to the remedy. Jesus Christ. What is Jesus Christ? Our gift of grace sent by God, all because he loves and, and, and by his grace sacrifices himself upon that very cross. Unmerited, undeserved. This is our faith. This is our faith. Is it easy to get confused about it? Yes. Are there moments where it's like, look, look, look what I've done, God. You know, look how good I am. Yes. It's very easy to become legalistic because we always want to play a part. But when it comes to the forgiveness of sins, when it comes to life and salvation and being reconciled to God, being one with God, it's all by Him. Outside, outside, afuera, Right? Extra nos, afuera, outside. Yes, outside to us. Jesus, grace, gift through faith. Faith is given to us through that very word, the work of the Holy Spirit. John 16. Yes. Um, so, um, okay. So that, that's what we see in verse 8. That even when we were dead in our trespasses, he gives us this great gift. Think about that. We have the one true God, the only God, 
the Alpha and the Omega, the God of grace. Think about that. Dead in my trespasses, he makes me alive by this very gift. That all sheep have, everyone has turned to their own way. Everyone, not just some, but everyone. But the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Grace, gift, that is where your faith is rooted. All right, verse 9. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Where is our boast? You know, if it was about our works, you know, um, you know I told this example yesterday, a Bible study, is, you know, we all receive the same citizenship of heaven. Why? Because it is Christ who has delivered us by his death and resurrection. It is Christ who institutes the sacrament of holy baptism in the Lord's Supper to which we comfort and are comforted in our rest as we rest in the forgiveness of our sins, knowing that our sins are washed away. And where there is forgiveness, there is also what? Life and salvation. And this is most certainly true. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. Now, if we boast in our works, what is that really saying there in verse 9? What is St. Paul saying to the Jews? You can't. But on the, you can't. Your works, it's not about your works. You know where you come from. You know how you are saved. And it's only Christ and will always be only Christ because we know our sinful condition. But I think on the flip side, I think with work is this, is that You know, there are moments in life where the devil will accuse each and every one of us and say, you know, you're not good enough. Look at that weight of sin. Are you sure that Jesus is the one who has taken that weight of sin upon himself? I mean, that weight of sin is so heavy. You know, you know your own guilt. You know your own sin. You know your own shame. You know what you have done in this life, that we all have fallen short to the glory of God. And... If we do not have the clear understanding in this one true faith pertaining to the grace of God, soon we find ourselves in our works. And when we see our works for what they really are, we know that we are left with a terrified conscience. We know that no matter how much we try to do in ourselves, that sin nature, that, that, that those trespasses that uh, we have um, committed, uh, definitely... At the end of the day, will bring us great, uh, great, great burden, great, great guilt, and and we we tell ourselves at the end of the day, well, I, I hope I've done enough. I hope I measure up, right? You know, people can boast in their works, in their self righteousness, and say, look what I've done for God. I'm pretty sure He is good with me. But at the end of the day, what is that boast? Like when we open our mouths. Like, what what really is that boast? How far does that get us? Right? It gets us nowhere, does it? Our boast is only in the Lord and His work, His grace, His acting and doing and delivering. Right? That is our only object of boasting. It is our Lord and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Once, and I've said this time and time again, once it becomes about I and your boast is about I or me or you, then we have got this gospel all wrong. But pastor, you don't, you don't know my sin. Yeah, I might not know your sin. But what I do know is that in your sin, God does forgive you of all your sins. And this is, this is the life of the Christian faith. So we always rest in the good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Who calls us to repentance, who comforts us in the forgiveness of sins, and there as we go on to live and love in his name. Are we perfect? By no means. Do we sin? Sadly, yes. But there at the end of the day, we go back to Christ and rest in his promises. Right? Because it's all about grace. Today you will be with me in paradise. All right. So, uh, when we speak of verse 9, and not a result of works so that no one may boast, um, the question is, do grace and works oppose one another in this verse? Indeed, it's not by works that we are made righteous, but rather it is by the gracious work of God that we boast. If we confuse grace and works, our faith may become one of self-justification, as if we can contribute something to our salvation, right? But see, grace excludes the human element, Faith excludes the human work of man for salvation. That's why Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is very important to understand. If it's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, by the grace of God we are saved through faith, and we add in that but, you got to go do this, you got to go do this, you got to go do this, I'm supposed to do that, I have to do that, this is the Christian thing to do, I need to keep up. Got to go back to the gospel. Yeah, we, we all know it. We all do, right? But that's why we have to hear it time and time again because we know it's always about the grace of God and the gospel. Okay, so in the glory of God, full of grace and truth, our Lord came to this world showing us the greatest gift of grace by his sacrificial work upon the cross. Oops, I almost tipped the camera over as I'm getting my towel. But... Um, Now what? We move on to verse 10. What does verse 10, can you read that for me? Anyone, as I'm doing this, I want you to ask yourself as you read verse 10, what does it mean about, what does does scripture say about good work? Do we like good works? Yes, we do. But what is the motivation of good works? Why do we... Why do we have good works? Um, and what should be the focus or the, 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 the motivation of these good works? And that, I think that's the key, right? When we understand 
uh, and, and we have faith in the gift of grace, the grace of God, um, this takes on a different view. If we're stuck in the legalistic heart that is all about, always about work, 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 and we have to measure up and measure up and measure up in hopes of being saved and rescued and, and, and being uh, deemed right in front of God, being citizens of heaven. Um, if we're trying to run that rat race in, in our work, in our motivation of work, uh, then uh, we got it all wrong. See, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, really, is about what... Through the grace of God, what this good work is all about. How are we to view good work? Right? And it's all going back to this. Good works. Verse 10. For we are his, his workmanship. Right? His. His. Why, why is his very important about workmanship? Because I think the, 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 the great confusion is this, that our work is our own. Like, it's detached, right? It's like separate, and we have to, like, put the cherry on top of this cake and solidify our salvation, and this is what we bring to the table. No. His. Goes back. See Ephesians 8, or 2, 8 and 9. That by His grace, as gift, through faith, there, what? The result of His death and resurrection, your baptism, is your identity as His. That means, already there, friends. Oops, I spelled already wrong. Um, Already there. By the redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, our work doesn't propel us. This is just what we do. The good work prepared before us, right? It says right there. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We love good works. I love good works. You know, it, it always goes, I love that thing in the catechism, right? Our Apostles' Creed, Article 2. Why does Jesus redeem us? He loves us so much, of course, so that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Okay, so why does he redeem us? So that we may be his own, reconciling us to God. He loves us so much, he wants us to be with him, and, and there he dies for us uh, and to rescue us from this sin condition. But through this very gift, what did we just say in the catechism right there? We said, so that we may live under, under, under. Why is position so important? Because it shows us where we're at, under his kingdom, already there. Forgiven sinners, we are redeemed, paid with a price. And there, uh, as we live under his kingdom, kingdom points to citizenship language, right? Citizenship, how is that given? By the grace and gift of God through Jesus Christ. That we live under his kingdom, his. And there we go serving him in everlasting righteousness, 
innocence and blessedness. Right? Now, what is this all about? Like, how do we serve in righteousness, innocence, and blessedness? This is all about the grace of God. We are righteous, holy without blemish, that we are blessed, blessed are. Beatitudes, Matthew 5, right? Ephesians 5. That by the blood of Christ, the cross and the empty tomb, his sacrificial work, there we are, living in the blessed life. Right? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? Right? With majesty and splendor, holy and blameless, presented to God by this very blood of Christ. His. You know, there's a lot of good work to be done in this life. But it doesn't do anything but help your neighbor. Right? Luther always said, uh, God doesn't need our works, our neighbor does. And that's so true. You know, this is not to keep up with abandoned dates. It's simply to look at the commandments, third use of the law, third use, the rule and guide for Christians. How do we love and serve neighbor? You know, we can't just, uh, uh, and again, you know, this is very important to never mix up the law and gospel, right? And by the gospel, he gives us the great joy. The empty tomb is that burst of great joy, knowing full well that we are living the victorious life, conquered the tomb, forgiveness of sins. Jesus has done all these things for us. And it's through that great joy, the gospel, in this life of faith, as faith receives this very gift, not only do we revel in the reality of the righteousness, innocence, and blessedness that he gives to us, but there we have a significant calling. That as His own, we are His workmanship. He has prepared the work for us. Right? The good work. And that is your neighbor. What is the example of your neighbor? Your, your spouse, your children, your co-workers. Right? For me as a pastor, my, the people at church, the members people I evangelize to, people I care for, you know, the clerk at the grocery store, the, uh, uh, the, the person you meet uh, when you're walking in the park. And when we talk about preparing for us, God does beforehand as workmanship. This is not a burden. And when it becomes a burden, usually it's a, a sinful thing in a sense of our legalism. Oh, I have to do that, right? Or if it's a giving to church, your time and talents. Well, okay, as a Christian, I have to do that. No. You know, whether it's our giving our offering to church or, or taking our time at church to help in so many different committees, it's not a have to. But it's out of the joy of the gospel that... Again, our identity goes back to His. How are we His? Our identity is by the grace of God, the blood of Christ, and what He has done for us. And there in His kingdom, we serve Him. The joy of the gospel, righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. And it's in this identity of faith that is covered by the grace of God that we are His workmanship. Right? Good works. 
their good as we walk in them because we are his own. We are Christ's own. And we know this all by grace as a gift. Okay, one more. Verse 11, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. You know, when we talk about the the sargs, the flesh, we very well know that the flesh can only go so far. Now, why is this so important in the context of Scripture? Because we very well know this is what they were dealing with. They thought in their flesh, somehow, some way, they could have this assurance of salvation. Now, when Jesus comes at the table, just as he overturned the tables, uh, the money changers in the temple there, the whip of cords and all this, we very well know that he has come uh, to overcome and, and to say that it is finished. The curtain would tear into two, and, and there he would know that he is the way, truth, and the life. No need uh, for what they had done beforehand because Jesus has finished it. And here they are. Therefore, remember... That at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by the flesh by hands. And again, at one time, what does St. Paul show them? This is where you once were, right? Dead, pagan, enemies of God. Right? And as we look at this verse 11, St. Paul's really showing them truly that there is no, as it says in verse 12 right there, why don't we just read that real quick. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. All right, so what does that mean? At one time, they were pagan, they were dead, that there was only... Hopelessness, because this is a picture of being without God, separated from Him, right? Broken, and also condemned. At one time, this is what the flesh has brought to the table. Again, it goes back to the grace of God, the Word made flesh, right? Now, right? Now, it is this hope that by this very hope of Christ, everything has changed, right? Not only are they no longer pagan and dead, but now they are alive and united with Christ. No longer are they enemies of God, but they are children of God. The hope of Christ. No longer are they hopeless or filled with hopelessness, but they are full and fulfilled and, and hopeful, 
filled with hope by uh, the work of Christ. No longer are they uh, separated, but now they are reconciled to His name, all by His very body and blood that covers them. No longer are they broken, Matthew 11, but they rest in their labors, as Christ is their rest, the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. No longer are they condemned, but in the hope of Christ, there they are reconciled, as I said earlier, reconciled to his name. At the end of the day, it is all contingent upon the grace of God. Credit goes to Christ. Credit goes to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there our hope is by the by the one who actually does the work, and that is our Lord. Not human hands, but the work of Christ, as his nail-pierced hands were hanging there upon the cross, dying for the sins of the world, enduring the most excruciating pain, so that we may have life and forgiveness and salvation. This is our hope, all by the credit of God, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And this is where he transferred us over from darkness to light. At one time, the old is gone, the new has come, and you are a new creation. And that is the hope and the object of your hope, Jesus Christ. This is our study for today. All right. Hopefully that went well with you, and thank you for uh, being here. And um, if you ever have any questions or thoughts, please uh, let me know. I'm always here for you. But until next time... God bless you all. Why don't we pray? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that we are your workmanship, that we are your own adopted into your grace. Bless us, O Lord, in this gospel, knowing full well that by your grace we are saved through faith. Lead us, O Lord, through all things and, and, and through, all, uh, through all this life of faith. Bless and preserve us always in your name. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me today. God bless you all. And um, make, please make sure to check us out next week as we continue on in Ephesians chapter 2. But until then, I pray that this word may go well with you. Remember, you are forgiven of your sins. You have life and salvation all by the grace of God and what he has given to you by this gift. And this is where your hope is. <laughs> Thanks be to God, of course, for his grace. Have a wonderful day. See you all. Until next time, adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.